you're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Nick Strout, SEO lead at North One, which is a digital bank for small businesses. Nick, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Great to be on. Thank you. So now you're an SEO specialist. And so, of course, that's what we're going to talk about today. And specifically, we're going to talk about finding the right keywords, which I think is an especially apt discussion, given that Google not too long ago changed its algorithm. And uh, I'm not an expert on this. So I want to start with just a really basic question. I assume most of our listeners know what keywords are, but, you know, I'd love to hear sort of how you, like, what a keyword is according to you. So let's just start right there. Keywords, what are we talking about? Sure. So a, a keyword is, is a word or a string of words, a phrase that relate to searches that people are making on, on Google or on other search engines. And Google has a massive database and, and algorithms dedicated to matching keywords or queries that people are searching for with results. So if you've searched for lasagna recipe on Google, as an example, you probably have been met with a bunch of different recipes for how to make lasagna. It perfectly matches what, what you're looking for. So yeah, a keyword is just related to the, the queries that people are, are entering in search engines. Okay. And again, I'm sure the vast majority of our listeners already knew that, but still. So what is the status of keywords today when it comes to B2B content marketing? And I ask that because it seems like I see a lot of discussion about this on LinkedIn. Some saying like, you know, nothing was really changed. Keywords are still centrally important. Others saying maybe not as much given the Google changes to the algorithm. I don't really understand this, I'll admit. So so what is going on? Are keywords just as important as they've ever been? Yep, just as important as, as they've ever been. I, I think they're they're a really good organizing method for, for folks to understand what topics they should be covering. You can use a slew of different keyword research tools like Ahrefs or SEMrush to find different keywords and, and figure out what the approximate search volume is for those particular terms. And then just in terms of figuring out what the intent of the user is, looking on Google, entering in those queries and, and seeing what, what Google is positioning as the results will kind of help you figure out what sort of content you should be creating. But I think they're a great organizational tool and yeah, they're still important. Okay. So, so you mentioned a couple of tools that you can use to find the best keywords. And so let's give me an example. Let's say that I'm writing a blog post about the best microphones to use for podcast recording. Sure. And, uh, and I want to, you know, make sure that I'm using the best keywords. So like, how does that, what, how should I do that? Sure. So as I mentioned, there's a few different tools that you can use. There's ahrefs.com, which is one of the, the biggest platforms that you can use or SEMrush, which most people will be familiar with. And then there's incumbent Google tools like Google Search Console. And there's also free tools as well, like Uber Suggest, which mm -hmm. allows you to, to search for free for different keywords. 
But yeah, to, to your question, I, I would say is, is a great one to, to look for for different keywords and an easy way to, to use it to find keywords would be to go to Ahrefs or SEMrush and look up the different keywords that your competitors are targeting. So if you're looking for best microphones for podcasting, as an example, you could enter in big players article, like see they might have an article on the topic. You can enter that and see which keywords they're targeting with that particular article. Or you could go to Keyword Explorer on Ahrefs and then look at the, the the exact keywords that you could target with an article, as well as like secondary keywords as well. So there might be niches that you could tar- that you could find. So there could be best microphones for podcasting with a group, or maybe mm-hmm. with a single guest, something along those lines. Maybe there's different types of tar- content that you could target that that aren't as competitive as best microphones for podcasting, as an example. Okay, so these tools. So you go to these tools. You can type in a, a keyword like pod or a keyword phrase like podcast microphones, something like that, and it'll give you a sense of how. Com- and when you say how competitive it is for a keyword, what does that what does that mean? Yeah. So sometimes certain certain keywords, there's going to be a lot of different results for for a particular topic that covers it quite thoroughly. There might be really authoritative sites in this space that that are currently that have currently created content for for that topic and and their ranking and it might be difficult to to beat them out for it, but yeah, the I, I think those are like two main ways that that a particular topic could be competitive. Sometimes, like with with keywords specifically and like topic clusters, certain websites have more topical authority for a subject. So, as an example, like J.P. Morgan Chase is one of the incumbents and dominates banking as a topic. So they could they could write any article they wanted if they wanted to on banking and they could probably rank for that topic because of their because of their authority. I hope that answers mm-hmm. their question. And what is what does authority mean in that case? Yeah, authority means topical authority. So they they have they have been recognized by by Google and, and the internet as a whole as as an authority in a particular space. They've they published a lot of pages on a particular topic, they have a number of backlinks to their profile, to their website, which include anchor text related to that particular topic that they're ranking for. There's also Google can pick favorites when it comes to different companies that, that are regulated. So banks in particular might, might receive some additional authority or credence when they write on a topic because they're not just Joe's blog writing on whatever random topic it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Now, I hear a lot about, you know, keyword stuffing, that this used to be a strategy that you could use to get ranked, you know, to get ranked highly, but no longer. So what is or or was keyword stuffing and can't does it still work or or if and if not, why not? Yeah, keyword keyword stuffing was basically this this older practice of just adding a bunch of target keywords into into an article and that would signal to Google that that you've you've covered a, a topic thoroughly essentially or or that you mention enough time so so that that particular post is authoritative it's it's not as relevant now I, I think most people if they clicked onto an article that just was stuffed with keywords and didn't really have a lot of substance and didn't answer their query they would hop off and find another result or article which did satisfy the intent of their search. So it's not as as um, used nowadays by SEOs because it, it doesn't work 
you need to have authoritative, thorough content that covers the intent of what someone is searching for in order to rank. Okay. Authoritative, thorough content, which, so what does that mean actually? Because I, I imagine you could, you know, have an article that is, as far as you're concerned, you know, the writer is pretty thorough and you're authoritative, you know, whatever that means. And you want to have the keyword needs to be the keyword or keywords need to be in that article, at least somewhat. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, how do you know where that line is? How do you know when you're crossing over from using an, a, an appropriate number of keywords to technically stuffing the keywords in there? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I would say like if, if, if you want to rank and you need to include the keyword a certain amount to signal to Google that, that your article is covering a particular topic. So the keyword ideally would be included in your title. It could be included a few times in the article itself. It would be included in the meta description. There's tools like Yoast SEO. A lot of SEOs kind of like poo-poo Yoast and, and don't like Yoast um, because it, it isn't like a perfect one-for-one -one in helping you to rank. But it does give you an idea of, of whether or not you've included keyword too many times or enough times in order to have su sufficiently include that keyword enough. So I would probably use a tool like that. It's a free plugin with WordPress. But yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't include a keyword a bunch of times unnecessarily. I would want to make it appear natural. So I, I would write normally and then just make sure it's in the in the title and the meta description included like a, a few times in the article in a relevant way. Okay. So as I mentioned a few moments ago, about a month or so ago, Google changed the algorithm. So talk a little bit about that. What was the nature of the change and how has that affected how B2B marketers are thinking about keywords and just in content generally? Yeah. So there's been a, there's been a few updates recently. One, one was, was more related to, to spam and, and, and AI generated content in particular. There are a few sites that were, were crawling the web and just basically duplicating content on their on their site using using AI and using crawlers. And that, that content has been kind of deprecated. Recently, Google's reversed it a bit. So some sites have seen like an upward tick in traffic, even if they were using some of those practices. Um, that's that's as much as I know. I, I haven't looked into it too much, but I, I, I would say in terms of how it's relevant to, to SEOs, if you are planning on using AI generated content, I would try to use it in, in kind of an intelligent way. I, I would want to make sure that you're reviewing the content that AI is generating or that you're, you're crawling the web from. And I would want to make sure that, that it's kind of fulfilling the intent of whatever the searches are that you're creating the content with. So that would be kind of mm -hmm. my, my best practices. And is that because... Google wants to encourage more content written by people and not AI. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. They, they want to make sure that, that there's high quality, intelligent content out there with, with AI content. It's usually just taking what's out there and repurposing it. It's mm -hmm. not creating original thoughts, which can be really relied upon to, to, to satisfy people's questions or queries. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, that's interesting because that's a whole other topic, really, but yeah, it's obviously yeah. related. These, the, the, uh, the AI copywriting apps, right? And not just copywriting AI to produce all kinds of content, but especially the copywriting apps. I, I, I've messed around with them a little bit. I'm hardly an expert, but, it's, but I, when I did, I was surprised at what they could produce. 
and Mm -hmm. how, you know, good it was, frankly. That's all coming. And it's my suspicion that those that technology is just going to keep getting better and better. And that's not a suspicion. I think that's probably a certainty. And we're just going to see more and more content generated by AI. But are are you saying then that, that Google is sort of aware of this and they're trying to push against this trend? Yeah, I would say so. The interesting thing is they use um, they use like a, a form of the same technology that the AI copywriters use. Like if you've used Google Docs before or Gmail, and you've written out a message and then Google auto it for you. They're using yeah. a similar technology. So they're definitely aware of it and they've re- researched it heavily. I, I think they're, they're just trying to ensure that that there's human eyes on, on content and there's... Uh, a block to bad information being spread or low quality information being spread out there. The mm-hmm. interesting thing is, is like a lot of, a lot of blogs process for writing is just researching off of other people's articles on the same topic. Yeah. So like if, if there's a review out there of some software, as an example, a lot of times you, you can see that there's duplicate information because there's a human writer just kind of repeating information. So it could be perpetuating incorrect or bad information in the same way that an AI tool might as well. Mm, okay. All right. There's a lot, a lot of interesting questions about that, but we, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right sure. now. Cause, cause it's a little, a little bit off topic, but so um, it seems like to me, going back to keywords, one of the main challenges is pretty much for whatever you're writing about, unless it's some brand new technology that you've invented that, you know, people don't know about but for anything else, like podcast microphones, I mean, it's there's already so much information out there. And that searching for keywords that are going to help me rank highly in whatever I write is going to be difficult. So, like, what's your advice for somebody like me or just marketing teams generally that are, you know, trying to do trying to create content that is going to rank highly and, you know, are trying to be smart about keywords? What's the main takeaway here? Yeah, I, I think, I think the takeaway that, that I would provide is there's a lot of keywords out there. Sometimes people can get bogged down in, in what the highest search volume ones are. It's it's important to to value search volume when you're trying to find a topic to write about. You want to make sure that people are going to be reading it through SEO. But I think there's a lot of long tail keywords out there that that you can find, and those keywords represent real questions that people have. So you writing content for those long tail, lower search volume terms can help you build an audience. They can help you satisfy someone's question and provide information that, that they need. So I, I would say definitely look for, for the lower, the less competitive terms out there. Because mm-hmm. they, are, they are available. You can find them on Ahrefs. You can find them in a lot of unique ways. But yeah, find, find those less competitive topics. And providing content for those less competitive topics will eventually help you build up enough authority to rank for the really competitive ones. Everyone has to start somewhere. So let's start with the less competitive terms. Okay. And so one thing I'm hearing too, and I think this, this is nothing new. I've, I've read this before, but this takes, this all takes time yep. that, that it's not just, Oh, you find a, a, a long tail keyword, as you said, and put it in an article and boom, you're good. And you're going to rank highly. This, this takes, Time, publishing lots of content, doing it consistently, and so on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it can feel early on like it's an exercise in futility, but you kind of have to keep going at it because eventually you're going to 
have content that are winners. I've seen that with like personal sites that I've run. I've seen that at the different companies that, that I've worked at. Like sometimes you'll you'll rank first or through third for a particular topic that you wouldn't expect that you could just because you've been hammering at it week mm. after week. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, you could um, you could add me on LinkedIn. My my LinkedIn is is Nicholas Strott, and I C O L A S S T R A U T. You can add me on there. I love chatting with with SEOs and content marketers, so feel free to add me or message me. Okay, very good, and we'll put a link to your LinkedIn uh, page on, in the show notes. Thank you. And uh, meanwhile, Nick, thank you so much for your time for a really interesting conversation. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.